Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Racing with Ryan podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Stevens. Before we get into the show, I want to thank all of our sponsors here real quick, including American Auto, 124 Welding and Fabrication, Never Give Up with Andy Morrison, Jeff White Racing, 70 Motorsports, Doug Sammy and Bromley Motorsports, and Schultz Fuel Cells. All those people have come on board to support multiple episodes of this show, and uh, we got a lot to talk about on the show. Um, I, I've, I've had something kind of in the bank here for the next rain out. Uh, we're going to do our kind of our mid-season recap, if you will, uh, of the new Smyrna Speedway. Um, I, I know it's probably a little bit past mid-season, but like I said, I've been saving this for a rainy day, and it just falls here, so, um, you know. We're, we're going to do that. We're going to look at each division and uh, going to dissect a little bit. I'll give you who I think is going to win the championships. We'll talk some good, some bad, um, and all of the above. And just kind uh, of kind of enjoy a, a quick refresh, a recap. We're not going to spend a whole lot of time on each class because, well, there's a lot of them. Um, I want to give you kind of a quick show today. And uh, hopefully we'll have more action to talk about next week with the Chiller Body event over at uh, New Smyrna this week with the Pro Late 50 and the LKQ Superstock 50. So I know there's a lot of turmoil. I know there's a lot of stuff to talk about. We will get to all of that um, on this first half of the show. Second half of the show, we'll talk NASCAR at Richmond, and we'll go around the state and up to uh, up to Thunder Road. And um, like I said, going to try to keep things a little concise for you today, maybe you know an hour, hour and 15 minutes. Um, I, I say that, and it'll probably be like two hours. But uh Margo will not be joining us today. She is just getting back from vacation. And um, to be honest with you, still on racing vacation. So she's taking this show off. We hope to have her back on the mic for the next show. I know a lot of people enjoy Margo's thoughts and a lot of people don't. So for those of you that don't, you know, hit the reset button. That's what we're doing on this show. Um, We're going to get back to the fun of this show because I'll be honest with you, all that stuff the last couple of weeks, believe me, that's not fun. For those that uh, might think I pick on people or whatever to create drama for the show, absolutely incorrect. I, I freaking hate drama. It comes with the territory. Don't get me wrong. I'm always, you know, there's always drama one way or another, whether it be from this show, whether it be from something I say live or something that is said on the hot lap. Somebody's going to get butthurt uh, about something. And for those that are butthurt about something that I have said or whatever, um, whether it be here, Facebook, whatever, I, I apologize. But just know that the things that are said on Facebook, it, it goes both ways. If you think it's fair to just get on there and shit on somebody or somebody's race team, some racetrack, and think it's not okay for them to have a rebuttal, completely false. That's like if, if I didn't think it was okay for the, the rebuttal we got from two episodes ago. Like... You put it out there in a public space, expect to get some feedback. So, um, you know, I, I saw a thing getting shared around today of a track that just said, "To hell with this. We're we're not going to do this anymore. We're not going to we're not going to open for racing anymore because all we get is blowback, no matter what we do." So, just know that uh, a lot of people, a lot of tracks are getting sick of the BS, and I, I know the racers are probably thinking the same thing in some of the tracks. And I, like I said, it goes both way, guys. It's you know, if you think it's okay to get on there and and you know, give blowback or feedback even on a situation, on a decision the track makes, just know that it's open for the other side to come back. And if you think that's not true, well, welcome to social media. 
Um, want to address one quick thing from the last show. Um, I mentioned the one modified driven by Wayne Parker. First and foremost, let me just get this out there. I have absolutely no problem with Wayne Parker. I could, I could pick up the phone and be like, Hey, we're going to Jeremiah's. And, uh, uh, he's told me this. If you come to Jeremiah's, you call me, we'll take care of you. Um, there's, I have no issue with, with Wayne Parker. I think he's an awesome guy. Very nice guy. Um, me and Jason Boyd, we don't see eye to eye on some things. And to be honest with you, I'm still upset about uh, some things that he said about, uh, the racetrack and about, uh, some of the stuff that, uh, I was in control of on the social media last year. And to be honest with you, it rubbed me the wrong way. And, uh, he wanted to get on there and say that nobody was doing anything, which was completely, completely untrue. And, um, that rubbed me the wrong way. And, um, he, he, he knew that. And last week I mentioned the tire situation and, you know, they, they registered two modifieds and they registered a sportsman, gave them full credit. They at least started the sportsman. Um, I, I just, because I, I'm all about transparency. I did hear from Jason and we agreed to speak. Um, I obviously ran out last week. Um, he has not, he has not reached out to meet outside the racetrack. Um, so hopefully we will meet at the racetrack here very soon and we can talk over these differences and get over it. Um, I'm all about getting over stuff because guess what? Not everybody's going to disagree or agree with me and I'm not going to agree with everybody, but I will gladly sit down and talk. And by the way, uh, I know we rained out last week, but the offer's still on the table. I'll be up in the tower uh, for about 4.30 to 5 on Saturday. If anyone wants to talk about anything, hash some stuff out, I'm willing to do it. I'll be up there. I'm going to put myself out there. I'm not afraid. Um, you know, it, whether you just want to come out and curse me, curse me out, whether you want to come up there and just say, hey, you know, I heard what you said on episode 34 and here's what really happened. I'll, I'll hear you out. But anyways, um, because I, I heard from Jason, I wanted to put some things out there and clear some things up. Because if you remember, I said, hey, at, at the end of everything I had to say, and you can go back and listen to it, I said, but we got to give him the benefit of the doubt, maybe something happened. So here is what he had to say after some some grumblings. Um he says, um, let me find it here. Um, he says that they did not put new tires on the primary car and they raced old tires. And he thinks anybody's crazy to think that everybody else didn't have four tires. So he claims that, and I'm going to read this. We raced old tires, by the way, not new ones and still won, which is true. They won. If you don't think every modified had four tires, you're crazy. So I understand there's probably a lot. I think everybody's trying to play some games and arrange some things. I heard um, uh, some not so kosher things that happened with another team or somebody bought tires and gave it to him. And I, I, I don't know, wasn't down there. Uh, not my thing. Didn't see any evidence, didn't hear any evidence uh, aside from one text message here. Um, but Jason claims that they raced on old tires. Okay, so they registered two cars, um, and then, so in rebuttal to, well, what about the the other modified? Um, he said they were racing the backup car, the new car that had a new motor in it, and uh, the other motor didn't work, or else they would have started the car. So, in all fairness, from Jason Boyd, they raced old tires, and the other car they brought had motor issues, so that's why it didn't race. Now the Sportsman, um, it it did make a lap, so you know, that's really all that's asked. If you buy tires, the, the whole thing, and it was a self-policing thing at this point, is if you come to buy tires, race them on that night. 
And a lot of people, some were doing that, some weren't. Um, and, and he admits, uh, I brought the sportsman literally just to get tires so I can test these kids. He's been using the sportsman, I guess, to test uh, some up-and-coming kids, which is fine, but that's, you know, that's straight messages from Jason, not me assuming, okay? Not me making anything up. Um, but the whole deal was get your tires and use them to race that night if you're going to buy tires. Not get your tires and stash them. So now, there was nobody enforcing it, so he didn't do, technically didn't do anything wrong, but it did catch the eye of competitors. And um, I, I don't know if this has anything to do with the rules that uh, came down this weekend, but as many of you know, so some new rules were announced where you're going to buy, if you're, you can, for the rest of the season, anyone that runs on the F70s, you can buy two tires a night. And, well, supplies last, I guess. Uh, you know, if we get 80 cars one night for some reason, um, you know, supplies may be limited, so keep that in mind. Um, but if you buy two tires, they're going to be marked, and they have to be used that night. If they're not used that night, you will not be able to buy tires until those said marked tires hit the track for a feature event. So, um, and, and, you know, some people are going to listen to this and go, oh, my God, Ryan got on the horn and, and tattletailed. No, I didn't. The conversation between me and Jason was a conversation between me and Jason. I'm telling you right now, there was a lot more exchanged in that conversation. But to go back on what I said last week and the, the things that I observed, and, and I did even say benefit of the doubt, and that's coming from Jason. And it's up to you now. Um, I've heard people saw sticker tires. Guess what? I'm up in the tower. I can't confirm nor deny that. And it's not my business to. So um, everybody's going to have their beliefs on the situation, but coming from Jason defending himself, I wanted to put that out there uh, just because, again, just because I disagree with something doesn't mean I'm trying to throw you under the bus. doesn't mean I don't like your company. You know, Jason said, this is my livelihood. I just kind of wish that somebody that wants to make racing their livelihood would, you know, treat people the same way they wanted to be treated, I guess. Um, Because again, like I said, it goes both ways. Um, Me and Jason used to get along just fine. So, Hopefully, that uh, will be rectified once we can have a chance to talk. And uh, anyway, um, I believe that. Yeah, that, that's all I really have to say about that. Um, you know, the, the new tire rules I think will be good. I, I think it's important to have somebody outside of who's selling the tires uh, monitor this. I mean, EJ can't. He's, he's got to be in there to sell the tires, and he's, he drives a pace car, so he can't be 16 places at once. Uh, but having somebody to enforce this and to check for the marked tires, uh, it'll be good. You know, I saw another driver, uh, and again, you put stuff out there, it goes both ways. So I can talk about this. I had a driver say, oh, well, I'll just put somebody else's marked tires on my car. And the thing is, if you have four marked tires from that race night on your car, they're not going to let you race because that's against the rules now. So I, I know some people are probably still going to play games and bring backup cars and run, you know, X amount of laps and pull it in. Guess what? Like I said in the last show, do what you feel you got to do, but things are changing. Um, again, it's not to – New Smyrna Speedway is not like, you know what? We need to be hard asses on this tire deal. No, New Smyrna Speedway has to do what's best to keep the racing program going. Because if you remember about this time last year, they just started outright canceling full events, not moving a class off here, not, you know – Uh, saying we can't do a 50 lapper. They were just straight up canceling the entire night. And they did that multiple times while we tried to figure this thing out. 
that's the other alternative, guys. Um, and the next alternative is for Jane Hart to just say, to hell with all this bullshit. I'm done with it. And I'm going to pull the plug like that other track did. And then everybody can really start to cry. So some people will laugh uh, and others will cry. I, I will be included in the crying situation because no matter how stupid the drama is, no matter how loud the Facebook chatter is, I'm still going to go Saturday and I'm still going to enjoy my time up in the booth. And I can't wait to see what the next chapter has, despite some of the stuff. So, um, you know, there there were some schedule changes that went out this week on top of the tire situation. Um, you know, the super stocks are no longer part of the Clyde Hart. The Bomber A's are no longer part of the Clyde Hart. I guess some people got on the horn and said, it's a Thursday, we work, we can't be there. Um, so the classes have just been removed. Um uh, not to, I, I don't know. I didn't make those decisions. Honestly, guys, I don't have an, a full explanation of why those moves were made, um, except I know some, from some chatter on Facebook that some people were concerned that they wouldn't be able to make it and they're in the points race. Why the decision was made to just take them off, you'll have to go to management. The sportsman deal this Saturday, that was a shock to me. I was really excited for six divisions. Um, the sportsman, even though there's only been you know, eight to 10 a week have still been exciting. I love that class. Really cool looking cars. They're expensive as all hell. And something I've learned over the past two weeks is no matter what you build, it's expensive. I get it. Um, you know, Dave warning, uh, and no, Dave, I'm not mad at you for speaking your mind, buddy. Uh, I saw that little poke from, from the other side there. Uh, and we're not gonna, we're, we're not gonna go down that route. Um, but no, I'm not going to be upset at Dave. Do I think he's a bit dramatic with his responses? Yeah, but that's day warning for you. I hope he brings that same energy to the Short Track News Show and you guys will get an answer because I don't have an answer to why that one was other than I believe it was just um, a, a division was sacrificed to try to build the tire stock back up. And don't hold me to that. I don't know, guys. I really don't. I didn't make the decision. I just did what I was told. Um, if you want to real answer, you need to go to the source. When a decision is made like this and put on social media, believe me, I do not post. My posts are, hey, here's what's racing. Here's some pictures of the cars. Here's a graphic I, I put together by either downloading a background from Facebook or using a suggested background because I'm not a graphic artist. Um, I put stuff up there to promote the events when there are rule changes, when there are schedule changes, when there are, hey, we're going to be at Advanced Auto Parts this weekend. That, that stuff all comes down from management. Some of it is posted by me because I'm asked to post it. Some of it, uh, the other four or five people that have access to the page can go on there and post things they need to post. So don't just hold it to me and expect that I have the answer to everything. Um, in a job, and many of you work for yourselves, and that's great. You get to be your own boss. But in a job, when it's not your intellectual property and you're asked to do something, you do it. And that's where I'm at. I, I just have to do what I have to do. And for those that want to say I kiss the track's ass, go back and listen to some of my other podcasts where I've even had Andrew Hart call me and said, hey, I listened to your last show. Um, I'd like to discuss some things with you. Um, and not that I was in trouble, but it's more like, hey, what can we do? I hear you. What can we do? Um, I, I'm not kissing anyone's ass on this show. Um, there are going to be situations where I might interview somebody on the show and then the very next week I have something to say because they did something stupid. I talked to one of my sponsors and they're like, hey, if I get if I get out there and I do something stupid, I want you to say, well, that was the Dumbass of the Week Award sponsored by my company. You know, uh, some people 
Some people get it. Some people don't. Um, I, like I said at the top of the show, I've had mixed feedback in the last couple of shows, and I really hated um, my my last my last response to the Volpia situation, guys, is uh, um, at a conversation and one of them on Facebook after the last show. And I said, you know what? I hate that it's even got to this point. Um, I, I'm not going to address it anymore. They're going to do what they have to do and that, that more power to them. And they don't have to agree with what we had to say. And it's a shame uh, if they don't ever look us in the eye again, you know, it, it's a shame that I ever got that far. So um, anyways, if, if any of the last couple of shows did offend you, I apologize. We're going to keep things moving forward in a different direction. And, uh, you know, hopefully it's, it'll probably happen again. Cause I'll say, you know, something will happen on track and I'll have an opinion on it and someone will get pissed about it. Um, but I'm going to try to keep things moving forward in a fun direction. Uh, cause I want the show to be fun. I want people to enjoy it. I want people to have a audio show where they can turn it on and listen to it on their drives and see what's going on in the racing world. And again, that doesn't mean you have to agree with me. I'm not trying to suck up to you guys because we've had some feedback on the last couple of shows. Um, I just want you to know where uh, where I want the show to be and in, in the direction I want it to go. And uh, when drama happens, drama's going to happen, but I don't want you all to think that is the main goal. Like, I'm not going to single somebody out and be like, hey, I'm going to pick on them because that'll stir the pot and get the clicks on here. Um, you know, some episodes are going to be more dramatic than others and get more clicks. Some episodes like this one where not a lot happened the week before probably won't get that many listens because, well, not a whole lot happened. So again, I have to pull something out of thin air or I just don't do a show, but that's not fair to you guys either because I, I think you guys appreciate, you know, on, on Wednesdays and Wednesdays or Thursdays whenever the show gets up that it pops into your feed. Um, also, make sure you follow us uh, on your favorite podcast app since it's not attached to the track Facebook page anymore, because that's no longer an option, uh, but via Facebook, not via choice. Um, but yeah, guys, I just, I, I don't want you to think that I'm, you know, up on my soapbox and I have this platform and, and I have a, a, an area to just come call everybody out. That's not the goal. The, the goal is to talk and sometimes give some insight and tell you what I like, what I don't like. And guess what? I'm the announcer at New Smyrna Speedway. Yes, but this show... You got to separate the two, please, please know to separate the two that I am not doing this show as this is Ryan Stevens from New Smyrna Speedway. And I think this and this about such and such because this and this happened. Absolutely not. When I get up there, you know what? We might disagree about something that is said, but when I get up in that booth and I'm talking about you on the racetrack, you get the same treatment as anybody else, whether we've had a disagreement or not. So Jason Boyd's cars, same treatment as Brad May's cars. Um, I don't know if anyone's have, ever had an issue with Brad Mayer, then maybe he beat you too much. I don't know. Um, that's my point, guys. Just separate the two. Know that this is my show. And, um, you know, yes, I, I do work for New Smyrna Speedway. I'm not a full-time employee there. Um, it, how would it be any different if, um, you know, Taco Bob or whoever is still on, I don't know, who's still on the radio? What if he was the announcer at New Smyrna and he said some ridiculous things in the past? Are you going to hold that against New Smyrna too? So anyways, I, I'm trying to bring you a real real show here with real thoughts, real opinions, and uh, the best part about it is, since this is a podcast, if you disagree with me, you don't have to listen. And I'm not going to beg you to. I'm not trying to shove this stuff down your throat. I'm just trying to give you uh, some local short track racing entertainment. So let's go ahead and do that. Again, no racing at New Smyrna. 
this past weekend as Mother Nature did not look favorable. Uh, when I got the call Friday to, to uh, that we're going to cancel the event, I thought it was a good call. And then guess what? Because that's what happened. And it didn't rain over there from what I understand. Poured at my house here 45 minutes away in Orlando, but that's how it goes. It either rains here or it rains there. It almost never does both. So it, it probably saved a lot of people some disappointment maybe. I'm not trying to say that it wouldn't have been a good show. There would There would be something to take away from it. Um, some racing is better than no racing in my mind, but when the weather looks that bad, um, the late models were up against the Southern Super Series race in North Wilkesboro, which had 23 cars and was won by Sammy Smith, by the way, um, to, to no one's surprise. Uh, a lot of the cars that, uh, were up there, maybe, you know, maybe you'd get seven, eight of those guys to come to the Sunbelt race if it wasn't up against that. So we were up against a, a tough wall, but again, you, you don't want, you don't want a big Sunbelt Series race. And this is what I believe the track was thinking. You don't want a big Sunbelt Series race um, on top of bad weather because no one's going to show up. So it was a lose-lose situation. And um, yeah, we definitely lost a, a, an event and it, it should be rescheduled here pretty soon. We'll announce that. But um, since there was no racing, and, and by the way, I did agree with the call when it was made, um, but I, I didn't uh, encourage or discourage it. Let's put it that way. Um and again, at the top of the show, uh, I, I've kind of been holding this uh, for a rainy day, and we finally got one. So I'm going to do kind of like a mid-season quick lightning round recap of each class and give you something I like, something I dislike, and who I think is going to win the championship. So let's start with the David Rogers Super Late Models, and I'm going from the New Smyrna Points page. Um, the Sunbelt Series, very glad it's back. Um, it has been a slow grower, if you will. Uh, the first event um, wasn't what everyone thought it would be. The second event picked up some steam. The original Clyde Hart Memorial was looking real good, and then it was moved, actually coming up uh, Thursday, August 25th. Um, so in my opinion, it just hasn't had enough time to grow its legs back. Um, I think this season, we just have to take it at face value and look forward to next year as it reestablishes itself because super late model racing at new Smyrna had been on a downward trend in, uh, you know, that's not a, that's not a dig at it. It's just the honest observation. And I, I think it can come back. And I think the Sunbelt series, I think the Sunbelt series would be, I think it, man, how do I put this? I think it'd be really good if there's at least one more track involved in this so that it was, when you think of a touring series, instead of just a series at a track, like it becomes a touring series is what I'm trying to say, at least to one other track, if not more. Um, I think that would help its overall growth in the long run. And um, hopefully that happens. But anyways, this year it, it's been Brad May um, leading the points. He's got, he won the first event, second in the second event. Um, only two of the six scheduled events have been complete. Of course, it ends with the governor's cup at the end of the year. Um, Brad May has a 20 point lead on Brian Finney. That is, is, nowhere near insurmountable but i think brad may has this championship wrapped up he's just he's gonna be there um he's he's about the only driver on the list that i could see actually making every single show i know brian finney's committed i know bobby good and, and those guys are committed to be there um you got to think about it the first event was rescheduled and two subsequent events have been postponed that just that screws with everybody's schedule and messes things up a little bit so it is what it is, but I think uh, I think Brad May will win the championship. I think we'll see at least two more winners pop out. I think we'll have a decent field for Thursday's Clyde Hart Memorial and uh, probably a different winner there. 
I see Brad May at least winning another one or two of these. And Governor's Cup, I mean, that's going to be... Well, well, I don't think we're going to have the biggest feel for the Governor's Cup just looking at late model racing as a whole. I mean, Southern Super Series at North Wilkesboro only had 23 cars, which is a good turnout. But, I mean, 20 even for marquee events is kind of the median right now. So, um, I, I think you'll have, you know, 16 to 18 good cars out there. But um, Super Late Model Racing as a whole right now is not the strongest it's ever been is kind of my point here. So um, I expect Brad May to win this championship and um, it'll be interesting to see who else posts their name on the list of drivers for the Sunbelt Series. Moving to the Pro Late Models, um, it's been all Brad May for the most part, three out of four. Uh, the only other winner was Giovanni Ruggiero back at the Shark Bite race. Um, Anthony Campy Racing still undefeated in that event. Again, I got I to gotta pick Brad May as my championship favorite there as long as he don't miss a race. I know he was planning to miss a race, but I'm not sure if any of the rainouts have changed that. Um, Steve Reddit's only 17 points out because Brad May missed a qualifying session one time. Um, only two drivers have made all four starts, so uh, it's, just, it's kind of been cherry-picking in the late models this year. Um, it's just the nature of the beast right now. Um... I expect Brad May to win that championship. Like I said, Steve Reddit, got to give him some credit. Uh, he at least shows up and puts his best foot forward and continues to try to, uh, you know, improve and, and get better. And he's happy with his incremental improvements that he makes. So we'll give him a shout out. Um, a surprise this year, I think, uh, if I were to label a surprise, it would be Patrick Thomas showing up in Brad May's backup car and almost winning a race. Um, but again, I think Brad May will win this. Uh, Chiller Body Pro Late Model 50 coming up this weekend. I think Logan Mizoraco will be back behind the wheel and hopefully a host of others. Hopefully we at least have eight cars for that race, but I don't know. Um, we'll, we'll maybe reevaluate the Pro Late Models going forward as well. JNC Grade All Modifieds. Overall, if you ask me, it's been a disappointing series. You know my thoughts on the big modifieds. I feel like um, at this point, um, you know, we could almost just run E-Mods and call them modifieds and, and everybody would have a little more fun with it. Um, there's been three events. Only two drivers have run all three events. And only four drivers have more run more than one. So I don't know that that's and go back and listen to my last talk. I'm not blaming the drivers. I just I, I just don't know if that's sustainable. Um, no surprise, Wayne Parker's won all the races. Uh, Jerry Simons didn't qualify last week. It's going to be hard for him to get back in the championship hunt. So I think Wayne Parker will be your champion there. Uh, my biggest surprise was Ricky Moxley showing up one night and almost beating everybody um, after destroying his car on the front straightaway here last year. So. Um, kind of a shame not to see him back. Um, I, I hope more of these guys start coming back. I think I, I don't want people to think that my observation of this class means I don't like modifieds or I don't like the class. It's just, I don't like the fans paying good money to get in to see four or five cars. I don't like the track paying top dollar, you know, to four cars. It's not sustainable and it's not a good look for anybody. So Hopefully the modifieds rebound, but man, those those top three divisions that get the payouts and get the 50 lappers every week, that get the marquee, just haven't done it this year. So uh, I understand some of these lower guys' frustrations when, when things change. So um, moving to the sportsmen, I think a lot of people predicted kind of a, not I, I, I hate to say down year for the sportsmen because they still bring, like I said, eight to 12 cars a week, um, but it's not 
back in the old American auto days when, you know, your 14 was a, a low count when we'd have nearly 20 of these. 2020, we had like, we averaged 19 cars a week. Now, that was a weird season, an outlier for sure. But this year, uh, goodness, only one driver's ran all the races. That was Ron Whaley. Um, only one, two, four drivers have run all the races. So it's just been that kind of, that kind of year for the sportsman. But we've had some interesting characters show up in, in win races. So you've got two wins for Travis Devendorf. Uh, you've got a win for Danny Fry. You've got a win for Tim Sozio, a win for Timmy Todd. Um, somebody else has a win in there too. Let me expand this. Who else won a damn race? Was it Sozio? I think it was Sozio. No, it was Matthew Green. That's right, the most recent winner because he's only run one, run, one event, so he's down on the, the points totem pole a little bit. But um, the winners, we're getting different winners. Only one repeat winner. It's just not everybody's coming on the same weeks. So um, 22 total cars have started a sportsman race, which isn't bad. You know, you get three quarters of that to come weekly. You've got a good show. Sportsmen are awesome. Love the cars. They're they're technical beasts now. They're not what they used to be back in the day. Um, they're more your limited late models with an outlaw body, which is fine, but it's it's tougher to sustain for weekly racing. And that's been my point over the last couple of shows is like, man, talking about weekly racing here in expensive race cars, it just doesn't equate. But um, Ron Whaley... And George Alexander, just five points separating the two. And now, after missing two events, Travis Devendorf is only 34 points out of lead. If Devendorf makes all the remaining races, I think he wins the championship. So, Travis Devendorf is my championship favorite there. I think my biggest surprise was George Alexander not showing up with the point lead a week ago. Moving to the Central Florida Air Conditioning and Heating Incorporated EMODs. Do they still race? Does anybody know if the Emon still race? I know the Emon still race. I actually had a great conversation today for about an hour with Mark Bell. Um, talked about a lot of things, and it's so it was so refreshing because I was feeling kind of like sick of this whole racing thing for a little while today, just with everything so negative. Everything. It was, a lot of the things I have to say are negative, and I hate it. Um, but I had a great conversation with Mark Bell today about Emods, about racing, about advertising, about programs, about this and that. And it was refreshing to be able to talk to somebody and just kind of go over some things and, and to talk to Mark Bell, who's just one of the nicest guys in the pits, man, I'm telling you. Um, so that, that was nice. That was refreshing. That got me, that put me in a little bit better mood. Um, EMODs are fantastic, man. They've had a great year. Um, looking at the standings here, I believe five drivers have run all the events and would have been six if Jeffrey White didn't have a wedding on the first week of the season. And um, it's been forever since they raced, but last time they came out, unfortunately they got rained out, but they had like 12 or 13 cars. I think their 50 lapper, their 2000 win race is going to be spectacular. I think right there, guys, that modified race coming up in September is going to be the best race of the year. Mark my words. Maybe I'll eat crow on that. Of course, we'll cover that when it happens, but 2,000 a win, Central Florida Air Conditioning and Heating coming on board, putting up that cash. Man, that's going to be spectacular. Um, Dylan LeBeau is the point leader by three points over Ken Copley right now. 
Uh, Greg Dames in third, 26-point back. Uh, I know he's working on an engine trying to get back out there. So this this break, if you will, it kind of is, the the EMODs had an unintentional midseason break and uh, glad to see them back out. Three races, three different winners. Earl Beckner on opening night. Um, Jeffrey White in the 41s got one, and Dylan LeBeau got his first career New Smyrna win. That, to me, was the biggest surprise. Not that I had any doubt in his talent, um, but that car had never really shown the muscle until this year. The LeBeaus have done a great job with it, and Dylan's done a great job behind the wheel. Um, the other surprise to me is just the overall... And, and f- look, I thought, because I'm not savvy on rules and, and mechanical stuff, I thought these were more super stocks with, without fenders, super stocks and a modified chassis. That's what I thought the idea of this class was when it came back. I've learned that these things are more like sportsmen without fenders, so I've been corrected there, and I appreciate the knowledge. I appreciate the education, and I appreciate the conversations that led to that knowledge weren't just like, you're an idiot, fuck you, shut up, you don't know what you're talking about. So I, I really appreciate that. Um, so yeah, very expensive class, and, and I think it's gotten above where it's supposed to be, but how do you reel it back in? I don't know. Maybe the drivers can police them. So I don't know. Probably not. But um, I, I, I've enjoyed the E-Mods, and I'm excited to see them again this weekend. Um, I think the most disappointing thing is just them not racing as much. It's kind of surprising to see they only have three races. I would have thought they'd have four or five. I think it's a very viable class, and I, I think Man, you, you guys know where I'm at. I think Superstocks, Bomber A, Bomber B, Emons, and Sportsman could honestly, you run those every couple of weeks and you've got a good show, to be honest with you. you throw a, a Sunbelt Series race here and there. Yeah, I, man, maybe on the next rainy day show, I'll uh, give you my thoughts of how I would schedule the racetrack moving forward. But uh, Emods, really excited for the rest of your season. Keep up the good work. Um, LKQ Superstocks. This right here is probably the most electrifying division. Um, there has been about seven, eight guys that have made all the features this year or have at least shown up for all but one. Um, it's been super, super fun to watch. The rivalry, of course, between Team Holly and Team Spears. That's uh, just what I'm going to call it going forward. Um, man, I... Y'all know where I sit on that. I, I enjoy the entertainment of the rivalry, but I don't have a side, man. It just it seems like one week somebody on Team Holly's doing something, then the next week it's somebody on Team Spears that you're questioning. And uh, I've had to do a lot of analysis, and I don't I don't particularly like having to nitpick who I thought did what, because um, that's what everybody wants to hear about. Who do you think was at fault? But in my opinion, I think both teams have delivered incredible excitement to the point where, like, I I don't care if I don't care half the super stocks are pissed off about tires this week that they don't want to show up. And no, that doesn't mean that I don't care about them. I want them to be there. But we could have, you know, six cars out there and this war is still going to go on and it's going to be damn entertaining. And I think the fans like to see it. So we've had eight races and we have had, let's see, two wins by Bobby Holly, three wins by Justin Spears, a win by Doug Samian. So that's six. Who else has won this year? Uh, we have had a win by... Oh, that's right. The Clouser family. Rich Clouser won and Blake Clouser won. They're just not running for points because they're only running sporadic races. But damn, that's... I mean, that 16 car has had four different drivers in it, but it's been in the mix and been very exciting. We've had fights. We've had spins. We've had big wrecks. We've had Eugene Tuminello 
run the wheels off of his car, and yet the Tuminello family continues to plug away and, uh, you know, show up at the racetrack and give it their all. Um, these Superstocks just have no shortage of, of, of drama, of excitement, of things to talk about. I think, honestly, the biggest surprise to me was Blake Clouser getting that win. Uh, I know that 16 is good. I know watching Blake at quarter midgets, I know he's got talent. I know his father, Rich Clouser. I mean, what can you say about Rich's resume? Um, but to see Blake in his first race in this class, that is balls to the wall, bumper to bumper, door to door, no BS, for him to come out and survive the carnage, that was inevitable, and win the race in his first start was incredible. What a story. I mean, that's movie-type stuff. You know, it might not be a major motion picture, but, I mean, that's the stuff of movie scripts, and it, and it happened, and it was super cool. Um, Bobby Holly with a three-point lead, Justin Spears sitting in second. Who's going to win the championship? Bobby Holly won it last year, and, yeah, it was settled, like, a week after the season ended, and I don't like... I, I want to see this year's season just settled when it's settled. Uh, at you know the end of October, whoever's leading the points leads it. Um, that's more satisfying to me. Not to take anything away from Bobby Holly. Um, guy's an amazing race car driver. Um, but Justin Spears has just come onto the scene the last two years um, and just say what you want uh, about either driver. You can't deny that they have fast race cars and know how to win. You cannot deny it. Who's going to win the championship? Man, this is tough because this is where I have to pick somebody, right? Uh, this is the hardest one. I'm going with Justin Spears. Why? Because I feel like it's really hard to repeat your championship. Do I? Am I going to be surprised when Bobby Holly makes me eat crow? No, no. But I'm picking Justin Spears. He's only three points out. He's led much of the season. He's got three wins. I think he's going to get more. I think this off time... Is actually going to help the Spears get faster. And I think this off time is actually going to help Bobby Holly and his. I think both of these cars, the 56 and 48, when you show up at New Smyrna, you're going to have to beat them. So it's going to come right down to the wire. I think we're not going to know who's going to win the championship until the final lap of the season. And I think, I just think, God, I, I just, I even hate to say it. It'd be so easy for me to just say they're going to tie because I don't know. And I don't know. But I just feel like Justin Spears going to come out on top. He's behind right now. A handful of races left to go. All I all I can really say is be there for each race and see how it plays out because you won't want to miss it. Um, Ashley Holmes, Jack's Trucks. What an incredible rebound for the trucks this year. What an incredible division this is shaping up to be. So many young drivers are using trucks now as a relative... No, they're not cheap, but a, rel- a relative stepping stone from bomber cars from quarter midgets legends cars a lot of these kids now are coming from like auburndale where they're running legends cars um and instead of starting with the the stock cars they they they're using this truck class as a stepping stone and i think it's wonderful i mean i really think that's what the trucks are there for to begin with awesome class because you can be a a, a truck veteran and still have some prestige in this thing. It's not just like, oh, this is the kitty class. Absolutely not. That's not my point. But it's just, it's so great to see a mix of, of veterans and newcomers racing together and having a good time. Um, Jeffrey White having a great season. Um, of course, uh, big thanks to Jeff White Racing for sponsoring the show and kind of, I guess sponsoring this little portion of the show. Um, Jeffrey White's been incredible this year. Three wins in a row, three of the last four, won the 50 lapper going away. Um, you know, it's it's been fun to watch. The only race he didn't win was a season opener where rookie Taylor Watson came home victorious. 
She's been my pleasant surprise in, in the trucks this year. Um, did not expect her to win that first race. You know, started last year, a couple of races, and, and got her feet wet, but didn't, I don't mean this in a bad way, but didn't really contend. Not that anyone expected her to, but she came out the first race of the season and she was like, hey, just so you all know, I'm going for it this year. And leading rookie, second in points, 11 points out, very easily at the, you know, all it takes one flat tire and things will change. But uh, she's done incredible. She's been my big surprise. Uh, Dylan LeBeau still knocking on the door. I think he's going to get a win in trucks this year. I, I really do. I don't know when, but I think it's coming. Um, huge thanks to Chuck Ayers, Ashley Holmes, Jacks for sponsoring the class. It's it, like that word of mouth advertising and people like, Hey, you know, you can actually tow over to new Smyrna and you know, you might, even if you finish eighth, you're, you're not going to lose your ass as bad as you would a couple of years ago. So, um, it's been a great thing and it's really starting to pay off for, uh, for this series. Um, Let's see. We started 18 trucks in the 50. I don't know that it'll get that high again this year, but it's going to be a solid class the rest of the season. 23 different drivers have at least showed up to race at New Smyrna this year in the trucks. A couple of years ago, I think 10 at most did the whole season. So it's incredible. Um, Jeffrey White will be my championship pick there. In the Mod Minis, um, not a whole lot to say that I haven't already said about this class, to be honest with you. Um, Todd Hawk going to win the championship there. He's up by 14 over Brad Blanton. Uh, I know that's not a lot, but this this class isn't going to have more than four or five cars for a weekly show. And with not many cars, it's hard to make up the points. So unless Todd Hawk just blows up and doesn't start, I mean, can't count Brad Blanton out, multiple-time track champion, but I just think Todd Hawk, who's got three wins and six features, is going to win. Um, if the 112 races, they'll be tough to beat. If Dodge Carl Burke comes back, he'll be tough to beat because he's on a roll. Um, I don't know. Maybe, um, maybe some of this, uh, drama will stir this class up and make me, uh, make me look back, you know, at this next year and be like, remember all that shit you talked last year? Look at us now. And I, I hope that's the case. I think the mod minis could be an awesome class on a weekly basis if they just, you know, stopped having four or five car races. That's all. Uh, but yeah, Todd Hot will be my championship pick there. Biggest surprise, what's Dodge Carl Burke coming out of nowhere? I didn't even know that car existed. And winning the 50 lapper after a subpar qualifying effort put him under the radar. Um, so we'll see what happens going forward with them. Uh, Bomber A's, it's been a relatively good season for the Bomber A's. A little bit of drama, and I don't like all the drama. I don't like the discouraging drama in between drivers of the class trying to tear it down from the inside when you all have a great thing going and people actually like the Bombers now. Did you hear what I said? People like the Bombers now. Five years ago, nobody gave a shit about the Bombers. They left. They went home while you all played games out on the racetrack. But now, they're watching. They're enjoying y'all. You put on a hell of a show. Keep it up. You know, I know we got a crazy points battle with Dustin Hayden up eight points on CJ. Nine points back is last year's champion, Jim Snyder, who still doesn't have a win yet, but he's got one coming, I think. Don't kill it for yourselves, guys. Keep up the momentum. Show up and show out the rest of the year and keep these fans buzzing. I'm telling you, and it's not just on Facebook. Like, I'll walk through the grandstands and someone stopped me and goes, man, those bomber cars, those things are fun, man. Those look so much fun. I told somebody how, you know, they could get into this thing and hopefully they will. Hopefully we'll see the next Bob say, Going out into the bombers. Um, but yeah, just it's been so fun 
uh, on track, like the action on track. Some of the bickering, not so much. But again, it's going to happen everywhere. Um, Dustin Aiden, like I said, up eight points uh, on CJ Creech, nine points back as Jim Snyder. You've got three drivers, close championship battle. Can't wait to see how this boils down. Who's my pick for the championship? I got to go with Dustin Hayden. Uh, four victories. The only other guy that's got four victories is Stephen Wright, who's missed a couple of races and been suspended, so he's not in the championship battle. But I think Higdon, I just think Dustin's going to outlast people. Um, he's got resources, and, and you know, it's been a, a shame what's happened to CJ the last couple of weeks or else, you know, it, he might have been really, really tough to catch. But, again, Dustin's had a couple motor problems. Uh, Dustin's had his fair share of issues this year. And they could pop up again. And I'm not picking on Dustin. I'm not picking on CJ. I'm not. Jim Snyder is just kind of sitting back there. He's in the catbird seat right now. He's just, he's there. He's got 11 features. He's got 10 top fives and 10 top tens. I mean, he's right there ready to win. And um, it's going to be a great battle. I mean, it's, it's in my opinion, it's right up there on par with the super stocks as far as the championship battles. So, um, again, four wins by Dustin, four wins for Stephen Wright. I think the biggest surprise to me was the victory by Brandon Monroe in the 14. Um, God, he's been so deserving of a win. That's probably my favorite victory lane of the season, too. Just his raw emotion. Um, Brandon's a great guy, and he's definitely improved every season. And this being his, really his second full-time season, he's really improved, and he got that win, and, of course, then he blew the motor, and he's been playing catch-up ever since, I believe. Um but his tenacity and, and his support of the division has not gone unnoticed. And uh, to, for him to get that win was pretty cool and really cool that uh, he dedicated that to his dad. So I love seeing that. Um, it's been a fun year. Uh, it's When the 15 and 47 are there, and the 47's had a couple of different drivers, but uh, five wins for the 47 team and uh, four for Dustin Higdon. Um, and one of those wins, of course, was C.J., um, so a couple of first-time winners. Alan Smith's got a first-time win. Brandon Monroe's got a first-time win, and CJ's got a first-time win. And then it's been who can pick victory lane away from Dustin Higdon and, C- and Stephen Wright. So um, a lot of fun to watch. Uh, a lot of good stories. Uh, Uniel Diaz was real exciting the first half of the season before heartbreak struck, and he's had to miss a few races. James Partlow um, destroying his car in one of the, the Bomber Bowls, the underdog races, and then getting another one and coming back and, and getting stronger. Um, we've seen a bunch of rookies like Chris Sevigny, um, when the car will stay together for him, make some noise. Um, I, and a couple other people that just have had hard luck that I think could have really had a great season. 42 total drivers have been in the pits and registered in the bomber class. Incredible. They have double downed. They, they fit the double down four, like three or four times this year. And, hopefully this little bit of a break that they're going to have now will get some of these cars back out. And I know some of them are mad that they got taken off the schedule um, for the Clyde Hart, uh, like we talked about at the top of the show, but I think it'll help the longevity and overall success of the class moving forward. Not that I would want to take them off the class. I think a, an event without the bomber, A, it has less value to it. But anyways, moving forward, should be fun to watch. Uh, bomber Bs. Well, this one's easy, guys. Tony Bromley's going to win the championship unless he takes two weeks off and, and lets Noah Partlow catch him. Um, biggest surprise to me has just been how fun this class is now. I know it's not getting the numbers that the Bomber A's are even still, um, but they've, you know, Orange Blossom Woodworks has done enough to, su- to support this class and, and help it grow. It, it's been slow to get there, but it's, it's finally, it's just ready to turn the corner. They've had some good counts. They've had some really exciting races. That that 35 lapper that they had, I think was the best race in the class history. 
and uh, Tony Bromley's coming to his own in the Bomber Bees. Finally found his his you know his home, if you will. Doing a great job with five wins and nine races. Shane Satoris a couple of wins. John Gross got his first career win. Um, somebody else. Oh, and, and Chris Rommel had a win too this year. And I know that one's controversial. Sorry. Sorry that somebody called me and asked for text number and, you know, was told they could come race. Um, and as you see, they haven't been back. So, um, anyway, Tony Bromley's going to win the championship there. Noah Partlow in line to get rookie of the year. Hunter Young has been fun to watch. Uh, his growth has shown uh, to be strong the last couple of, of weeks. Wayne Lewis now has like three different cars. Um, I'm not sure why why he's not able to race this weekend, but uh, hopefully uh, we see him back with all those cars. And they, can. this division has so much potential. And Orange Blossom Woodworks has come up with the Dash for Cash, the uh, the the ten laps for Tatas at the end of the year to donate to breast cancer and uh, to give out a bunch of extra money to the Bomber Bees at the end of the season to show their support and thank you to all these drivers. I think this this class. Well, well, still modest this year, um, will eventually explode like the bomber A's. And I think we're going to see when the bomber A's are strong, the bomber B's won't be as strong. And then you'll see some of the bomber A guys migrate to bomber B because some of the BS going on in bomber A. And then you'll see the bomber B's kind of grow a little bit, and then there'll be some influx. And then someone will go back. Someone might go back and forth. Hell, we might see guys run both classes. So anyway... Um, definitely a division I'm glad, even though it was on life support last year and the year before, I'm glad it's still here because it is fun. It is a fun, fun division, fun to call those races. Um, with Tony Bromley, uh, yeah, he's going to win the championship. I guess my, my biggest surprise, I, I hate to say it. Well, I, I think biggest surprise was how well Frank Button was running before his car blew up. So there's that. Vintage cars, um, been... You know, there's kind of the split between the vintage guys and now what's the 602 modified guys. Uh, a lot of those guys used to run all together in the vintage cars. Been some turmoil. Uh, we talked about it a lot last year. And it's starting to stabilize. Um, I think the division is fine. It's 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 an addition. It's an it's it's a good addition to any card is my point. Um, Art Koonsman should win the championship. He's got 66 points on Scott Cutter, 90 points on Colin Smith. Um, you just never fully know what you're going to get with this division. Um, but Art Koonsman, my pick for the championship. Uh, he's got three wins, two wins for John Smith. And of course, um, last time out, the big win for that beautiful number 90 car, the Hank Sanders machine. Um, I think, I think this class, they'll get back to where they, they were, you know, getting 10 plus cars a week in no time. Um, 602 Tormods, newest class. Um, Again, yes, I see all the, the BS talk about this class on Facebook too. Give it time, let it let it grow, let it develop. Um, Bud McIntyre and Chris Hatton separated by just five points. Bud's got two wins. Chris Hatton's got one. Rob Schultz has a victory as well in their four feature starts. Um, I expect, I think Christopher Hatton won the championship. Um, Bud, he is a good driver, but man, he's had so, he's had like, the worst luck in practice, and thank goodness he's got two cars, so he's able to to work it out. He's just had so many wacky things happen, but everybody's kind of had wacky stuff happen with this class. Um, just enjoy these guys for what they are this year, and hopefully they get a more, and I'm going to put this in quotes. You can't see my air quotes in an audio podcast, but I'm going to put in quotes. When they get the rules together, you know, that everybody else uh, is looking for, if you will, I think it'll, it'll grow and it'll be better moving forward. So just enjoy it this year, and... Um, you know, I, I certainly have. It's good to see some of these other people like 
having um, ha- having Rob Schultz come out of New Jersey to come race with us, and you know, I don't just say that because he sponsors the show. I I, I mention that because he's just a fun guy. He's just he's got an aura about him. You know, you go talk to him, and he's just he's happy to be here. And you know, one night racing up north and coming down here to race his orange car with us, it just he's supporting it and trying to make it happen. So that's what it's all about: support it, let it grow, or choose to you know, get on Facebook and tell everyone everything's not 602s and this and that and that and this and this and this and that. And let it, uh, you know, you can either build it up or you can tear it down. So your choice. We'll see what happens. Moving forward. Anyway, that is our quick little lightning recap of all the divisions, some thoughts, some predictions, and uh, we'll see how it all turns out. Still uh, have to the end of October in the regular season. Of course, we got the Chiller Body 50 coming up, Prolate Model 50, Super Stock 50 this weekend too. My goodness, that right there. That's got my attention. Cannot wait. We got the Clyde Hart Memorial coming up Thursday, August 25th. So Thursday night, Clyde Hart Memorial. Um, The Clyde Hart Memorial used to be on Thursdays before Daytona, uh, back when it was the July 4th event. Now it's just, it's been moved and, you know, maybe this traditional Thursday thing can stick around. I don't know. I know it's not easy on everybody, but I, I think Thursday night racing is fun. Anywho, that will, yeah, I believe that's everything I want to talk about on the first half of the show. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll come back on the other side. We'll talk about the NASCAR race at Richmond. We will touch on a couple things that happened around the state of Florida and uh, some other race results as well. So stay tuned and more to come on the other side. Hey, everyone. Wanted to take a quick moment and thank our wonderful partners here at the Racing with Ryan podcast. Remember, you can become a partner of the show for just $5 an episode. You can buy one episode or you can buy a bundle of episodes. There's never any obligation to continue after your episodes expire. There's never going to be any pressure. Um, If you like what we do here on this podcast, if you want to support the podcast, um, it, it helps us travel. It, uh, it helps us upgrade equipment. It, it helps keep the show going, and uh, it helps show your appreciation. And we can help you get your business out there to the people that listen to this show because, believe it or not, quite a few people tune in on a regular basis. So $5 an episode gets you on board. And speaking of coming on board, we welcome Schultz Engineered Products and Schultz Racing Fuel Cells to the Racing with Ryan podcast as a brand-new sponsor here I mean, think about it. Every race car needs a fuel cell, so you might as well go with the best. You can check them out at SchultzProducts.com. Did you know they created the new fuel cans that they use in every NASCAR pit stop in the top three series? It's the self-ventilating one, the one that got rid of the catch can man. Uh, Much safer design, much more efficient. Um, So Schultz Engineer Products, I mean, they're in every single NASCAR pit stop that you see on TV, so... Obviously, right there, that tells you very reputable company. So if you need a fuel cell, I would recommend checking out Schultz Racing Fuel Cells and uh, get on board with them. They're the official racing fuel cell of the SVRA. What is that, you ask? That is the Sports Car Vintage Racing Association. So, so many accolades by this company, uh, so many great products. Again, we welcome Schultz Racing Fuels and Schultz Engineered Products to the Racing with Ryan podcast Check them out. Check them out at SchultzProducts.com. Of course, we thank American Auto. Um, they've been on board with us for a long, long time. One of the first major sponsors to jump on and support the show. 
Um, they've done so much for us, not only just supporting the podcast, but making sure our vehicle is up to standards. You know, we, we bought a new vehicle when we had the baby and we want to make sure that it's running well because let's be real, we bought the car for the baby and uh, EJ always takes good care of us. Of course, American Auto located at 1523 South Dixie Freeway in New Smyrna Beach, Florida. And you can call them for any of your business needs at 386-428-1941 for fast, dependable service you can always count on American Auto. And we also thank 124 Welding and Fabrication. Of course, that's Ron D'Alessandro's company. Uh, Make sure you check out his Etsy store. Go to Etsy, type in 124 Welding and Fab. It'll pop right up. Um, Obviously, if you need welding and fabrication needs, he'll take care of you. Um, He also does great metal work. I mean, he made the trophies for the Florida Southern Ground Pounder uh, banquet last year. Um, It would be great to get him to do the... uh, uh, the banquet for, for the track this year because his products are just outstanding, top-notch. Um, he made the, the Racing with Ryan plaque that we have here uh, in the studio. I'm looking at it right now. Just fantastic work. Uh, we've, we've given his work as gifts, and uh, it, it would make a great gift for you to give to your loved one or uh, to hang up in the man cave. He's got all kinds of great stuff. Check out his Etsy store and support him there. Uh, he just re-upped with the show, so he'll be on board for a long, long time, and we really, really appreciate that. Uh, some other thank yous here. Big thank you to 70 Motorsports again, uh, contributing for another month of the show. And we greatly appreciate that. Uh, Chris 70 becoming one of the top runners in the Bomber A division. Perhaps a win just around the corner there. So keep your eye on the number 13 Bomber A. Chris 70 now a big supporter of the Racing with Ryan podcast. We also thank Andy Morrison and his company Never Give Up. They do auto, auto parts pickup and delivery. Uh, so if you need anything done, just get a hold of Andy, see what he can do for you. Um, he's definitely willing to help you out. Uh, he's got great products for sale. I know he's got never give up hats and he's got his never give up stickers on a lot of the bomber cars. Uh, big race fan and huge supporter of the racing with Ryan podcast. So we thank him as well. Also Jeff white racing. They came on board as a major sponsor a couple of weeks ago. Also they support, uh, the Ashley Holmes Jack's truck segments when the trucks race and we talk about the trucks. So they support us in a number of ways here. And, uh, we, Hope that you'll support them too. They've got a great shop. So if you need anything done, um, I know another one of our sponsors actually just picked up their truck chassis from Jeff White Racing. So we should see another truck out on track here very, very shortly. So thanks to Jeff White Racing for coming on board. Also got to thank Bromley Motorsports for sponsoring a number of episodes here on the Racing with Ryan podcast. And, um, you know, they're, they're just a great bunch of people and uh, we really appreciate their support along with Doug Samian. Doug Samian has come on board as a supporter of the Racing with Ryan podcast as well. You can ch- check out Doug. I believe this weekend he'll be racing his LKQ Superstock. So we appreciate his support here. And we thank Ken Copley and his sponsors as well for supporting the EMOD segments. Uh, it's been a while since we've had an EMOD segment, so I want Ken to get his name out there and I uh, wanted to show our appreciation for Ken Copley Racing and all of our sponsors here at the Racing with Ryan podcast. Again, uh, $5 an episode. You can come on board one episode. If you if you want, if you want, you can do one. If you want to do 100, you can do 100. If you just want to, hey, here's 20 bucks, throw me on the show. We'll take care of you. We keep track of everything. And uh, sometimes we give you bonus episodes um, just because we appreciate your support. So thank you all for listening. <laughs> all right, welcome back to the show. And you know what? I'll do things a little bit differently. I'm going to do around the state first, and then we'll talk NASCAR at the end. Um, we, we did have a little bit of racing here in state 
at the Showtime Speedway. And I'll be honest with you, after we rained out, I thought about making the trip down there because I wanted to see what was going to happen with the Mod Mini Race. And it's, yeah, I really thought I wanted to go watch some racing. However, with the forecast at New Smyrna on Friday, I figured, well, there's no way Showtime's going to race. Their track record of late has not been stellar with the rainouts. And and again, it, it's summertime in Florida. I don't mean that negatively. Um, so I just, I figured that they were probably going to rain out. And knowing my luck, if I got in the car to start going down there is when they would rain out. And sorry, guys, gas is just, it's so expensive right now. And if, um, if there was just, man, if there's just a little bit, get, if there's just a little bit more going on, maybe I would have changed my mind. But needless to say, I, I didn't make the trip, but they got the show in and it was good to see. So I want to talk about that first. Um, and we're, we're going to keep this quick. Um, there is a new show coming out this week that'll be a part of, um, I think it's Hot Mike, uh, where all the announcers from around the state are going to get together. Um, so if you want a full in-depth uh, kind of look at what happened at, at Showtime, because I believe we're going to talk about that on the show. You can keep a look at it on uh, Facebook. Um, if you didn't already watch it, of course. Um, but no, a new show coming out with uh, myself, Austin Griffiths from Citrus County Speedway, uh, Steve and Matt, Steve from uh, Auburndale and Matt from Cit- uh, from Citrus. <laughs> what am I talking about? Matt from Showtime will be joining us as well. And it's called Hot Mike Racing Talk. So you can follow it on Facebook. You can watch and check on the show there for more in-depth recaps of what's going on each week from the announcers, if you, you know, like what the announcers have to say. Um, a quick rundown here. We'll go up to Thunder Road. Again, we kind of mentioned it earlier. Uh, big race at North Wilkesboro was won by the 22 Sammy Smith. Donnie Wilson Racing continues to kick ass over in the super late model world. So I guess that checks that box. Um... Let's see, going down the rundown here, Hayden Mowry was the winner of the street stock feature that featured just five cars. Hayden Mowry, the winner, Thomas Meyer, Roger Welch, Mark Bartomek, and Michael Coleman. So the street stock division not really flourishing too well over there. Mini stocks, which are kind of like the bombers or the scramblers, um, looks like they had 16 start, 17 were, uh, yeah, 17 showed up, so a good turnout there. And that was won by Steve Paulton. Ken Smith was second. Kendall Ludeker was third, Von Overbeck was fourth, and Danielle Bennett, your top five. Only nine cars finished. Hey, Aaron Foy, our our very own New Smyrna's own Aaron Foy made the trip down there and was the last car to finish, so congratulations, Aaron. Cool to see. I did not know he went over there. Very cool. Um, Let's see. They also ran the Ford A Oval Division. Mike Coleman was the winner there. Chad Cushing, Cushing. Second, third was Dustin Wilson, Thomas Meyer. Fourth, fifth was Marty Neekins. And 14 cars started that event. Then, of course, we had the super mini late models. And they started 18 cars, 19 showed up. Ronnie Abney was a DNS. Um, That is a good turnout for super mini late models, or mod minis as we call them. Um, And I'm going to give the full rundown because I want you guys to hear the cars that were there. Of course, the win went to Dodge Carlbert in the two, that pretty pink machine that won the 50-lapper at New Smyrna a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the Sean Cato racing car continues to dominate the Mod Mini uh, the Mod Mini Super Mini Late Model class right now at, at multiple tracks. 
So the win, of course, went to Dodge. He started on the pole. From what I understand, there was a lot of wrecks, and it all happened in Dodge's mirror. He started first, finished first. Mackie Mangold came home second, started 11th, and finished in the second spot. Dylan Reynolds in the old eight car that we haven't seen in a little while. Uh, he came home third. Fourth was Austin Ramsey, and fifth was Chris Thornton in the 0-5. Jeff Firestone was sixth in the 93. Ronnie Larson, seventh in the 58. Robbie Yoakum in the 8 was 8th. Jason Scroverin in the 49. That's a driver that uh, was a, well, is a rookie over at uh, New Smyrna. He finished in ninth. Garrett Larson was in 10th in the 161. Jason Lester in the 32. Uh, that's old uh, Tony DeGeorge's car. He finished in 11th. Jay Zolziak was 12th. Larry Goolsby, 13th. Jeffrey Anderson, 14th. 15th was Tom Zimmerman. So you know it's a rough night when Tom Zimmerman's finishing below 15th place. Connor O'Neill. I'm sorry, Connor O'Neill. Neil O'Connor. Man, it's been a long day. Neil O'Connor, 16th in the 10, the 91, Tim Rushing. Dean Butram in the 69, and Ronnie Amney, DNS. So congratulations to Dodge Carlbert. He continues to impress behind the wheel of that machine. They ran non-wing sprint cars, only... Four of those, plus Robert Yoho, so five of them. Um, Tyler Porter in the 99X, the winner over Robert Yoho. Uh, Travis Blameister was disqualified for some reason. Oh, and it looks like one did not start, so yes, only four cars. Did the non-wing sprints, which I'll tell you, that doesn't excite me too much. Um, forward B division, I still don't understand the split. Just run them all together, man. People want to see cars. Y'all know how I feel. Um, we had, let's see... 13? No, we had 15 raised, two got DQ'd, one did not start. Kelsey Ecker, the winner there. Buckshot Mexner, second. Austin Dunham, third. James Bosniak was fourth, and fifth was Travis Moore. So I, I think that um, would have been very entertained if I did make the trip down there. They had decent enough car counts in most of the classes to make it worthwhile. I just, with their track record, and you know, it's funny, I really thought the weather was going to be terrible. And then when I, when I had already in my head made the decision like, okay, I'm not going. And then I checked the weather to A, see what was happening in New Smyrna. And then B, to check what happened. There was like no rain. So the forecast just, you can't, you don't know what the forecast is going to be until that very moment. So anyways, I didn't make it out there, but it looks like they had a good show. And congratulations to Dodge Carlbert. Thursday night, did tune in to Flow Racing to watch um, what was called the Fourth annual Warrior Challenge over at Thunder Road, where they had their 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 beginner class, their lower class on the totem pole. The Road Warriors go 50 laps, and uh, they started. Let's see, 21 cars, and there's 24 there total. Um, the 50 laps, the race went. The race win went to Taylor Sayers over Ryan Foster and Nate Bryan. I'll be honest with you, I had Thunder Road almost on in the background while I cleaned the living room. Like I moved the couches, I swept the floor picked up uh, toys and stuff that uh, I didn't even know was in my house. So um, Thunder Road was, I don't, I hate to say it was background noise, but I really didn't have my full attention. The late model race was another good one. Phil Scott, the governor of the damn state of Vermont, came up second and had the lead with about five to go, lost it to Kyle Pembroke. Phil Scott, who's been racing since I was a kid, okay? He's been racing since the 90s, most winningest driver in the late model division at Thunder Road. He's the governor of the state, and he finished second. I want to see Ron DeSantis in a car for Governor's Cup. But Kyle Pembroke, the winner of the late model race over Phil Scott, 
Stephen Martin, the rookie, was third. Chris Roberts, fourth, and Scott Dragon, fifth. They started 20 late models for their regular show. The Flying Tigers, was that event was won by Eric Johnson, a driver that I've watched for a long time, and I really can't stand the guy, but he drove a hell of a race. And there's nothing personal. I've just never been a fan. Never was an Eric Johnson fan, even as a kid, okay? Um, but he wins the race, got a brand-new car, and went to victory lane with it. Hmm. Uh, Michael McCaskill was second, Robert Gordon third, Mike Bildu fourth, and Jason Pelkey in fifth. And again, if you're like, what the hell is this guy talking about? Thunder Road. It's it's in Vermont. Um, they run a great program. It's on Flow Racing. Tune in on Thursday nights if you can. It is definitely, um, even though I, I feel like this season has been really tame, all things considered. There's been a lot of great racing, um, but the wrecks have not been the kind of the highlight of Thunder Road. So, um, we did have a DQ. Uh, Tyler Austin, and I love this, it disqualified for unapproved steering components. So there you go. You know right off the bat what it is. Um, street Stocks, the advanced four-cylinder class, if you will, started 30. Well, they started 39. Or 39. Damn it. They started 29. 30 cars showed up. Great, great turnout for the third lowest division on the totem pole. Kyle McCaskill, the winner there. When I was up there in Vermont for the Governor's Cup, that car was wrecked in practice, and uh, he gets the win over Tyler Whittemore, Jeff Martin third, Luke Peters and Dean Switzer, your top five. So, I mean, I, I saw somebody post on Facebook uh, the tracks with the with the averages of each car count. Thunder Road is averaging 23 and a half cars per division, at least last week. So, and, I, and I'd say they've been right about, the street stocks have been about 26 to 30. The Tigers, they're starting to fall off a little bit, but they've had over 20 every week, and the late models have had 18 to 20. Uh, 24 on some occasions, uh, 29 for the Governor's Cup. So I, I know their season is short, so it's either a race or miss out. There's no, oh, I'll be back in a couple of months because then you miss half the season. Um, but, man, they are killing it up there. And it is definitely worth watching on Flow Racing on Thursdays. They have occasional special events on Sundays, but uh, tune into the next one. I know I got Bob Say watching, and we always message each other back and forth during Thunder Road race nights. So, that's a quick look at around the state. Of course, there was a bunch of action over at North Wilkesboro. I, I didn't watch it. I, there's, there's, sometimes there's too much racing on, so um, I did not catch really any of the stuff. I know uh, Rich Clouser, give him a shout-out. He drove one of the John Kaufman cars to a top-10 qualifying run over there, so that was impressive for sure. Um, kind of last thing to talk about here before wrapping up the show, um, maybe a little bit lopsided show, the, a little bit heavy on the, the first side, but I'll be honest with you. I am, uh, it's getting to the end of the day here and I'm definitely getting tired. So, um, do you want to talk about the NASCAR race at Richmond and, um, things continue to get interesting in the NASCAR field. And there's been a lot of talk about Richmond raceway, just not really having it anymore. Yeah. I, I'd be interested to hear what your opinion is on Richmond. Um, of course we did score the race, which was won by Kevin Harvick it was another weird end to a Richmond race where you think you know what's going to happen and then somebody's on the charge and then they run out of time. Uh, Harvick appeared to have the race in control and then with like five laps to go. Oh, by the way, here comes Christopher Bell, uh, fastest car on the racetrack, closing in. And it was kind of like uh, how Denny Hamlin chased down William Byron in the first Richmond race. This time it was Christopher Bell chasing down Kevin Harvick but running out of time. If it was a 401-lap race... Maybe Christopher Bell gets his second win of the year, but this time it was um, Kevin Harvick getting his second win in a row, second win of the season. Just when you thought Harvick was dead, down for the count, not even going to make the playoffs, here he is 
with two wins, now 10 playoff points. He's, I don't think he's going to get any um, extra playoff points for finishing in the top 10 in points. But everybody's so close from second in the playoff points on back that it's going to be, I mean, 10 points could come in handy. So Harvick, well, I don't think he's going to the championship for, I'll give you my championship like predictions when we get to that point in a couple of weeks. But I think Harvick uh, is a threat to, you know, at least get through the first couple of rounds, maybe to the round of eight, and we'll see what happens from there. But uh, two wins in a row. I, I think the Michigan race was a lot more surprising than Richmond. He did finish second in the Richmond race earlier this year. So, you know, not like super shocking, but, you know, I think Harvick was just a lot of uh, a guy that a lot of people have written off. A um, little bit of drama in this race with Ross Chastain getting into Kyle Busch on a restart when they were three wide. Nothing malicious. I, I think Ross is just like, my goodness, like, I just can't keep my car out of anybody's fenders, no matter if it's intentional or not. He got into Kyle Busch, spun him around. Busch recovered for his first top 10 in like two months. So all was not lost there. Um, Tyler Reddick had a terrible race. Like, is this the race where Childress has pulled the rug out from under the 18? Because they were 33rd couple of laps down just terrible just they they spun out like on lap three and just from that point were garbage so i don't know pretty weird pretty weird to see reddick uh who's been so fast this year on multiple occasions struggle coming to a road course this week and i'll be honest with you um i'll just jump ahead a moment he is my pick to win so we'll see what happens um you know richmond used to be known as the action track and i gotta tell you as of late it's been kind of the lack of action track if you will like the last couple of years, the cautions have been like stages and like flat tires, not, you know, accidents or not, not caution so much for cause and accidents. So I don't know if it's just the surface. I don't know if it's the cars having so much downforce the last few years or what the deal is, but Richmond lately is just, it's been like a smaller intermediate track. It really has been. It's almost been like Iowa where it's, it is technically a short track, but it doesn't race like one. Now, the pit strategy and the fact that tires fell off actually provided more lead changes than over at Michigan. So, I mean, it wasn't like stuff wasn't going on. It just wasn't the wreck fest, the the fights, the this and that. That It wasn't the typical short track drama that you would expect. So, I wouldn't be... Hmm. How do I put this? I wouldn't be that upset if we went to a different track in Richmond's second date, like a Nashville or an Iowa or... Another short track. Um, maybe Richmond doesn't need two dates. I, th- I think if they had one date, they would definitely sell it out, kind of like we saw at Michigan this year. But I would hate to lose Richmond. It's got so much history. I don't know if it needs a repave. I don't know if we got to start sealing it again. I don't know if they need to put the tire dragon down to widen it out. I mean, the track did widen out for a little bit. Like, you could kind of search around, and then once the tires really fell off, everybody was right to the bottom, and that was it. A lot of the lead changes took place on pit cycles, so maybe that was fabricated too. I, I don't know. I mean, definitely not my favorite race of the year, not my least favorite race of the year. I've seen a lot worse. This I actually have it on the scorecard here. I actually scored a 6.2 just like Michigan did, um, and I think I enjoyed Michigan a lot more. So I, I feel like I really scored Michigan low. But anyways, let's uh, let's see how this all averaged out and where it differences and why it scores the same as, as a Michigan, shall we? I gave the racing a six because it was just the racing lately has just been okay. I was very high on it the last couple of years. I've been giving the racing like six and seven the last couple of weeks just because it's just kind of been okay. Uh, I gave it a seven on excitement. 
They gave the finish a seven because Christopher Bell needed one more lap. And if he had passed him with like a lap to go, I probably would have given it like a nine just because who doesn't love a last lap pass or a late race pass for the lead? I still gave it a, a seven because at least something tried to happen at the end, even though it was just kind of par for the course. Um, lead changes, it scored 16, so that gives it a four on our scale. Um, again, I'm going to readjust the scale for next year, track specific to to kind of, you know, I, I don't think it's fair that a short track like Richmond is on the same scale as a track like Daytona and Talladega. So I'll look into that for next year. Again, I just kind of threw this together for this year. Uh, enjoyment overall, it was a seven. It wasn't like, Oh my God, I wasted my time watching this race. Like the truck race, that was an absolute snooze fest, but it just wasn't, uh, it just wasn't what I want from short track racing. So 6.2 overall, just like Michigan. And I think, let's see, we are at now a season total of 6.64. That's the average of all the season totals so far. Uh, Season started off really, really good. And I think a lot of that was you know, excitement over the new car. These drivers hadn't figured out the new car 100% yet, so we were seeing a lot of wild stuff, and I think it's starting to level out. I think, uh, honestly, Margo looks at this as like a grading scale. I think you got to look at it like a five is just okay. Anything above a five is good. Anything below a five is bad. So it's kind of like a, you know, I think great would be eight and a half and above, and then good is over five. Five is just meh. Um, bad is like below five and then atrocious is anything below a two so that's kind of how i'm looking at this grading scale i mean look at it how you want and have your own opinions on what you think of nascar racing and all that but i gotta tell you the playoff drama 15 different winners two uh one spot left in the playoffs with two races to go um like i said last week when me and margo were talking about it um I don't want another winner before Daytona because I want Daytona to be crazy. I want, if somebody new wins, for them to fit in that spot because I feel like if we get another new winner uh, at Watkins Glen this week, if we get a new winner at Daytona, there's a chance they don't make the playoffs because if they're like 28th in points and they win a race, they're not going to make it in because then it goes by points. So I don't know. I I, I don't think we're seeing a new winner at Watkins Glen. I think it'll either be, like like I said, Tyler Reddick is my pick. As far as people who have not won, Got to pick Truex, even though they've sucked on road courses this year. He's had good luck there. I, I don't think Blaney's going to be any good. Honestly, I could see like an A.J. Allmendinger winning this thing who's not running for points. Now, that wouldn't change the playoff landscape, even though it would give us 16 different winners. But anyway, um, I honestly believe that uh, either Reddick will win, Chase Elliott, or Kyle Larson. Those are the big three that I think have a legitimate shot to win. Chevy seem to have the speed on the road courses over Ford and Toyota. Um, this could be the race that Toyota gets it figured out. We'll have to wait and see. Watkins Glen, probably my favorite road course of the bunch because it's so fast. Um, I think that this race is just going to be, I'm honestly going to predict my score. I think it's going to end up at like a six and a half overall, just because what we've seen with this car on road course, the car handles well. Uh, but man, Watkins Glen is such a different beast. It's got some banking. It's got real high speed corners. It's fast. I don't know. Maybe it performs differently. Maybe it's like the intermediate track of road courses and we see some, you know, some wild stuff, some self-spins and just some off tracks and, and maybe some contact. Turn one will be fun on starts and restarts, so we'll see how it all plays out. But again, I'm going to go with Tyler Reddick. I think he picks up win number three and um, hearing some reports that he'll be out of the eight car at the end of the season, maybe no ride for next year before he goes to 23XI. I don't know. That could be interesting. Um 
All I got to say is we will be at Daytona, and we'll get Margo back on the show to recap Daytona, but we're going to go to that race. Uh, of course, we're going to do the New Smyrna Champions again that night. We'll be at the race. That race, if you have not watched an NASCAR race this year, tune in, even if it's just for the end. Something spectacular is going to happen. So mark my words there. You won't want to miss it. NASCAR racing has been a lot better this year, at least in the Cup Series with the new car. And I uh, hope you all give it a chance. Uh, that way, when you're listening to the show and you get to this part of it, you're not just skipping through it because it's NASCAR. Give it a chance. Enjoy it. It'll make the discussions a lot more fun. So um, not a whole lot of crazy insight on the Richmond race. Um, honestly, it wouldn't hurt my feelings if Richmond didn't have two dates going forward as long as it's replaced with a Nashville or another short track, a Norksville Borough, something like that. Um, anyways, that's really my thoughts for the second half of the show. Um, I do want to thank you all for continuing to listen and support the show. I know, you know, a little bit of turmoil the last couple of weeks and pissing people off, but it's going to happen. And I apologize if I've offended you. And uh, if I have, I'd love to talk to you. I'll be up in the booth from about 4.30 to 5 o'clock on Saturday if you'd like to talk. Um, put myself out there in a spot where everybody can get to. And uh, if I don't talk to anybody, then either I know you're not listening to the show anymore or you just don't care that much and you just made a big deal of nothing. Um, but if you'd like to talk, I'll be up there. And um, even if you don't want to talk that day, if you'd like to to get together and have a discussion, I am all ears. I'd love to hear from you. And, uh, you know, maybe, uh, like I said, try to take a different approach on some of these things going forward. So anyways, appreciate your continued support. As a thank you, I reached out to Speedway Videos today. And Speedway Video, Tom over there, he's picking out a race. We're going to do another race review bonus show. I don't know what race. Um, I said, Tom... Do me a favor, bud. Pick a race that's been popular on your channel that you think would be a fun race rewind. Send me the send me a version where I don't have to deal with the ads and make it easy for editing for all of us. And uh, he's going to do that. He's going to send me something. We'll have a race review up. Uh, I'm not going to put a timeline on it because I don't know when he's going to be able to send that to me. But when he sends it to me, I'll cut the episode and put it out as a uh, thank you. Give you your, uh, your next race rewind bonus episode. So you have that to look forward to here in the coming couple of days. And we'll have some fun with that. So again, thank you all for listening. This has been another episode of the Racing with Ryan podcast. Get out there and support your local track. Get out there and go racing somewhere or at least turn on your TV on Sunday and watch Watkins Glen. Come on back and hear from us next week as we recap whatever action we get. All right. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye.